It's time to go into auto reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that are underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week, we're going auto reverse on Robin Trower. So, Tony, the thing about Robin Trower that I, I mean, and I've been a Robin Trower fan for many, many years. And the thing that I've always liked about him is there's, there's something that there's an intangible about him that of all the guitar players that I've really kind of gravitate toward that they can kind of do, they can kind of, they, they don't have to do a lot to get their point across and they can really, I, in fact, I was watch, watching this premier guitar magazine thing about this, this, this metal guitarist and she said, you know, while there's, you know, these days there's people who can play technical stuff that'll blow your mind. The people like David Gilmore and other ones she gravitates to can do the intangibles that you can't teach, that you can't, it's not technical, but it's more kind of the soulful feel, the, the feel, feel for that. And Robin Trower yeah. kind of is that, the, what I've always liked about him. And I, I mean, a lot of times he'll get lumped in with Hendrix and I think it's kind of unfair just because he, maybe play with you know a, a Stratocaster and had a wah-wah pedal um, and there's elements that there's a little bit but you know when you look back at Robin Trower's history yeah he was he was coming up the same time as Jimi Hendrix well maybe a little maybe a little later but um, you know shamefully like I didn't even know he was in Procol Harum until many years later but the way that I found out that he was in Procol Harum was that is the song Whiskey Train, which is like probably, mm -hmm. it's just a riff song that one of my first guitar lessons, the guy says, you want to play a song? Here, I'll show you a song. And he I was like, who's this? He's like Procol Harum. He's like, and I've, mm -hmm. I've basically, that's like my warm up song if I play guitar. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. he is someone who, I don't know if it's really what I call unappreciated, but he's someone who's definitely stood the test of time, and he's still, I think he's going to be playing, he's going to be torn in 2022. Um, and he's someone who's had a very storied career, but has kind of done it, you know, he's very, kind of did things his way, explored in ways that, you know, I, I, I don't see too many guitars from the 60s that have done, who have still, you know, still talk, who are still talked about it. Uh, and still making music um, because he's someone who started out, you know, in the late 60s with Procol Harum and basically Procol Harum did a wider shade of pale than they had him come on to play like three or four albums. And then while they're getting at the height of their, you know, celeb you know, the fame, he leaves the band to go solo, which is, you know, pretty ballsy move. Ballsy but amicable because apparently one of the main guys in Purple Harem produced his first couple records, so I feel like it was a sort of well, mutual the story behind decision. The, yeah, the story behind that, him and Gary Brooker, who is the leader of Purple Harem, were in a mm. band called the Paramounts before Purple Harem. Ah, uh, yes, there's a connection. And that's the connection. So they were in this this yeah. UK like uh, R and B group, uh, mm. and then. Gary Brooker had started doing uh, the Pucker Hair and Wire Shade of Pale stuff, and they started become popular. And he's like, "I need a band," so of course he gets mm -hmm. his boy Robin to play. And he 
played on the first four albums, and I think the song, the albums I like, Salty Dog and Home. Uh, the first album's good too, with Wider Shader Pale. But I mean, I like the the other the other stuff. And then he leaves to start. It starts to leave, and you know, I was reading an article with about with him. He's like, I left. He's like, leaving them was the best decision I made. I was scared. I didn't think, I wasn't sure, but I knew I wanted to do something that came out of the ashes of like Cream and like the Jimi Hendrix experience. Something that had that kind of, you know, new, like, you know, nuance, but it was much subtler, but was just as hard rocking. Yeah, I could see, I could see like why he probably felt limited. Um, Purple Harem, uh, in terms of like using the guitar as the sort of like more the composition lead, and um, you know, he did it, you know, and but you know, but I but I also like didn't even realize he was in Purple Harem until recently. Um, I always just thought of him as a one as just a you know, a fully realized you know, guitar player, band leader, I didn't know. And that's kind of a good sign, you know, that I didn't make that connection. Um, yeah. So, you know, it could, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, he, you know, he, I didn't even know that he was known around the UK for, like, helping other guitarists with, you know, like he was almost kind of like Satriani it was in the Bay Area, where he was helping all these guitarists before he kind of went on his own because he did you know that he like helped like robert fripp like he like no i only read that again and i only read that recently that he he gave him guitar lessons i had no idea yeah and there was a couple other guitarists and i don't know why they're losing i remember in this article he was talking like how a lot of people came to him similar to i'm drawing this thing with satriani like a lot of people in the metal scene went to satriani before satriani started out I think Kurt Hammett being the, the most notable. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Steve Vai also. Um, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, you know, this guy who, you know, not only leaves this band, this comfort position, but also goes to a trio, which, you know, that's, you're not hiding behind much when you're in a power trio. Um, Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, I think that what separates his music, and especially, you know, the, fir- the first album, um, you know, uh, was it Twice Removed from Yesterday, is a, good, is a really good album, but it's not, mm-hmm. like, I think he was getting his footing with that album, and it's, it just really never, it never really took off. And I think that, um, you know, it never really took out and he kind of found a sound and i think from what i understand also it's like he he was playing les paul's and it wasn't until he kind of changed and um i think someone from jeff martin martin barry from uh jeff Rotol, they were touring and he let him play his uh stratocaster because i guess uh barry used it for slide and he's like he's like fell in love with it and that became his main guitar um you know, it's just like there's there seems to be his this like a little bit of happenstance and a little bit of just like balls out like just of this guy just trying to make his own music and Bridge of Size probably for me is like an album like I have to listen to at least twice a year. It's that good. In fact, when we yeah. did, when we were doing this playlist, 
like I was in Los Angeles and I, you know, don't have a car in New York, but that was one of the things that I had. I was driving to, to meet some friends, so I didn't have the wife and kids in the car, so the volume could be at a little more, let's just say, higher volume. And <laughs> like that album just sounds still, it's just such a great album to drive to, to sing along with, to just kind of get, get, get yourself in a mood to meet some friends and whatnot. And um, yeah, it's just a phenomenal album, but you know, you know, what you will hear, I didn't try to put, I, I, I resisted putting the whole album on the playlist, but like even Earth Below and Caravan to Midnight, like albums that follow, like this guy just kept, you know, producing stuff without going too much, um, keeping what makes his, the essence of what he makes him a really uh, strong uh, musician, but also you know, creating good songs to where he, you know, the band behind him, I'm like, um, and I'm, God, I know I'm rattling, but this I get, I get so enthused talking about Robin Trower, but like his band, um, and you can't really talk about his, his band without take, talking about the bass player and, and lead singer, uh, James Duar, um, Duar, is Duar, Duar? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> Someone please Duar. set us straight on that one. Duar, I think it's Duar. Duar. Uh, Duar. Yeah, that's right. His singing is uh, as po- powerful in their songs as his guitar playing. It's, to me, it's that good. But it's also his bass playing is really good. And he's also got very strong drummers, too. Um, Bridges Doors, who did the Bridges, the first two albums, is really good. But I think when once they got Bill Orton in, who played with Sly and, Sto- Sly and the Family Stone and a bunch of other bands it just gave the band a little bit more half, especially live. Like you hear live shows, it's really good. I also remember Robin Trower like sort of hanging on there when like sort of early metal like you would see like the Reading uh, Monsters of Rock or uh, Castle Donington you would see these huge lineups with like Metallica and Accept and stuff and there 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 would be Robin Trower in the lineup uh, that's that was sort of like how I you know how I got introduced was like seeing him kind of not knowing how he started and where he started and seeing that he was like still playing shows in the eighties at the, on these huge metal 
festivals it's it's funny like uh to see that you know um and that same sort of same thing sort of applies to like nat and totally different band but similar uh um fate uh what's the other one uh nazareth is another one Uh, yeah so uriah heap (laughs) yeah so uriah heap yeah we've covered on the show uh so it's like funny to to see all that and and then now go back and really uh uh, analyze like what he did originally which was super like i wouldn't say super original but definitely super creative you know yeah, I would I would agree. That's that's a very fair point. It's like the, yeah. it's something that has its own sound, and it ha- and it's and it's like taking a, 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 a let's say like a piece of clay that many people have are have used, but have you but ha- but they he's taken and molded in something that's very you know, not not only interesting but also different from the different from the rest. It's something I feel is like, you know, it's not groundbreaking. But it's something that it's I feel original, um, and it's something that it's you know, I think that even on his al- his albums, it's like all the songs don't sound they're not all similar like the even the vocal stylings, the content of the songs, the lyrics rather. I've been doing advertising shit all day, so I have to say content <laughs> at least fifty times. Content. Day. Content. Content. Uh, lyrics. <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> interesting <laughs> yeah but it's like like i think that it's like a lot of bands that we deal with have you know the longevity issue and they kind of burn out after a certain time or there's internal conflicts and not saying that his band hasn't shift like you know jim's james dewar stayed with the band until i guess he had issues that he you know i think he actually led to his death i think he was uh He's a little bit of a you know hard partier, and it took his toll on his body. But I mean, he started his first his first album came out in '73. He basically since 2020, I'm like he puts out like at least eight albums every. Well, at least I'm looking at like at least four five albums every decade. Decade, yeah. At least I yeah, mean, he's and, like, prolific to say the least. Uh... And like I said, I think he's been touring like a better part of the last, you know, I don't know, almost five decades. You know, uh, I don't know how how frequently he tours in in the last like tw- 20 years. I'm not sure. I, I can't be that, that much, but, but maybe it is. Uh, I don't right. know. Some of these guys just keep going. It's like crazy. Yeah. I mean. Look, the the later albums obviously is not as good as the earlier albums, but there's I I I mean I re-listened to a lot of the later stuff, and it's like it's still the the band that he had with Longden and Dewar, Dewar, sorry, um, like dude, I'm just so bad. Dewars, Dewars. I should just say Dewars. Um, <laughs> I could just be phone the fuck up. Um, yeah. It's just like it's so that band that unit is so strong that once they got he got other players in there and even with the thing with uh, BLT which is him uh, Jack Bruce and Longden uh, playing together like it's good but it's not nearly as good as the Doer stuff it's just that you know there's a the what stands out for me on the later stuff is that his guitar playing is still like impeccable. It's still interesting. 
It's still not trying to do too much. It plays within the song rather than play like like it's some, it's an entity onto itself. Because a lot of guitar players, they or at least guitar heroes, I should say, they they make their solo the focus of the song, or they make the their their riffage kind of like the the spotlight part of the song. Like if you you're watch if you're visualizing the song. The spotlight's going on only on the, the the riffs and the guitar parts. Whereas with Robin Trower, it's really a it's a craftsman working within the confines of the song, using his guitar to kind of bring out the song rather than trying to pull the spotlight on his guitar playing. Yeah, it's exactly. He's not a he, he's not he's not showcasing the technical ability. He's more showcasing the the this like this like you said before the soul and the feel and the, and then like and how that serves yeah. the song and you know and that that's why we you know that's why we go back to him and others like him you know because it's more it's a more thoughtful approach uh but yeah like bridge of size is just like i i think i listen to that record at least twice a year as well you know and i have a fucking beat up copy like <laughs> i think i might have i think i found it on the street i'm not kidding um, so, uh, I should probably upgrade that at some point. <laughs> yeah, maybe that might be a good thing to do. <laughs> I, it th- plays though. That's all. Dude, I need whatever, whatever fucking street you were walking down. I need to go start walking down that street a little bit. If they're just throwing out bridge of side copies out. What else are they throwing out? Well, the door? well, that's the thing about found records on the street. Not that that's that common anymore. Uh, but when I did, when I used to find records, it was a combination of things. So it would either be someone moved out. Right. Someone had a flood in their basement. Right. Or, or reasons unknown. Uh, and it was funny to go through stuff and be like, what, what was, who was this person? But you know, you would be going through it and it's like a copy of Grace Jones, a copy of talking heads, maybe fucking, Robin Trower, maybe like uh, I don't know, like uh, uh, you know, like a Bay City Rollers record, whatever. And you're like wondering, like, what was going on in this person? Who is this person? You know, that's a that's the well, beauty. It's like you kind of yeah, like your what, imagination guess, races. My point is, is like when I find that shit, it's usually like Ray Stevens, <laughs> or, or you know, shit you don't want, shit, shit you don't nickel, rake, nickel, Ray Conoff, Nickelback, shit you don't want, yeah, Nickelback unplugged. <laughs> Like the stuff, like I, I'm like, well, you just leave it there. Like that's what I'm saying. Like wherever the, like seeing a seeing a, you know, Robin Trower thrown out to, to things. Like wow. Um, you, you see, you see. Sometimes you get lucky. That's the I, thing I, about I, records. Not, sometimes not, you get I, lucky. No, no, not on that. Not on that note. Like I think the the one I just found. Geez, what was the one I just found? It was like uh, it wasn't even like Tony Bennett. It was like. Um, Jeez, it was like some crooner, and I brought it up because it was indecent. It was a Steve and Edie, or I don't know. I was just like uh-huh. curious to, to to read it, to listen to it. But yeah, like found mm-hmm. music is great when it's music that's like you have all you these. You want to listen to? Yeah, but like you have all these stories of like finding like the Trouble record outside Daisy Fuentes. Yeah, yeah. But I, that's I, like I, you're I, like. Oh, that's that's but, but rare. That's, yeah. that's rare. Oh, but horseshit. You know, the thing about that is, like, I'm hanging, you're hanging out at a gold mine. He's like, hey, you know, I found this little brick of gold. 
but you're already hanging out by the yeah. gold mine. Like Daisy, you're at MTV where they're they're dropping yeah. off records left and right. And you're just like, oh, guess that's what I found. true. I guess put myself I in a position. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is true. I I also uh, ask around. Like I I always like when I meet like like maybe an older person that lives in a house or you know whatever. Like this happened at my parents' house recently. I my, I ran into. Uh, Elsie, her the his oldest neighbor, my dad's oldest neighbor, and I was. She's like, "Where are you going? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go buy records in the city. I mean, I got to get on the train." And she's like, "Oh, you collect records? I think we got a few boxes downstairs." I'm like, "Oh, really? Are you looking to get rid of? You know, like I'm always yeah, that's, that's working that thing. angle." Like, I, I, I had one like uh, I was home, and someone said. Uh, you know, I, my dad passed. I do you want the records? I'm like, sure. Just take out the ones you want, and I'll take the rest. And yeah. and I came o- and I came over, and I was like, and it was like a gold mine. And they're like, you know, I'm not too comfortable take getting rid of these. And I was just like, I, I, you know, I understand. But that's like the closest mm-hmm. I come to get it came to getting like a mother load of like that kind of stuff. But yeah. That, but you, but you're like. Um, Oh, the person passed away. I'm sorry. How much is the rent on this place? Like your <laughs> your, your approach on that is like maybe something I should employ when I go see people over a certain age. Is like, hey, uh, you got any record any records of this place you want to get? Like, so I turn into an operator immediately. Immediately, especially if it relates to records or music memorabilia whatever i, well, I think the immediately long hair, the I long mean, hair helps I, I know i know that helps yeah too. of course because you know it's like uh i went give through customs kid, recently honey give the kid his records get him his records he <laughs> looks hungry for records <laughs> uh you know i went through customs recently and can- coming into into canada uh at vancouver international how many and, records were you uh, how many records did i was you buy carrying before? literally i had a backpack and a hundred records and two sacks uh, on each arm my arms were sore for like a week so that's about a hundred plus pounds of records wow. i was carrying and i get to the i get to cus to the customs lady i already see see that she's about i don't know in her 60s or so i'm like i got this watch she's like talking to me blah 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 i can't i can barely hear her through the mask and um i'm she's like so what are those i go their records and she's like okay tell me and this is everyone's always i always ask this question when you're carrying records around what's your favorite kind of music first of all i always have a hard time answering that question i love all music you know so it's hard for me to say which one's my favorite depends on what i'm in the mood for but you know what i said to her i was like i want to get out of here quick so i said to her i like psychedelic music from the 60s and 70s she's like okay you can go (laughs) wow do you have to get a seat for the? I mean, how do you store the records? Like, do you get by a well, seat? Well, I, for I had like, three flights. I had three flights. I had one from Newark to Seattle, then one from Seattle to Vancouver. Uh, to Vancouver, and then I and then I had a little flight like a puddle a prop, jumper, little like a puddle jumper from Vancouver to where I live in Powell River. Now the two, the first two flights were on uh, Air Canada, and I managed to, without much notice, to put one bag up in the front another one in the back you know i was able to pull it off and they didn't give me a hard time but where they gave me a hard time was on the flight from vancouver to pal river the puddle jumper because those planes i could probably bring down the plane with the amount of records i had in the on me and so the guy at the at the check-in who was cool he's like dude that's you can't carry all that stuff on 
I'm like, all right, so what should I do? He goes, you got room in one of those ba- in one of those suitcases? I go, yeah. He goes, put one bag in there, and even if it's over, we'll figure it out. So I did that, and it was over the weight limit by like 30 pounds, and he said, today's your lucky day. I'm letting you go. So, wow. dude, you got you know that's why it's good to be nice. Oh yeah, and it's good to be agreeable, especially when you're flying. Especially, it's the best because you just. Especially when you look like me and you kind of look like a hippie, it's like you just got to be nice yeah. and you know and friendly, and you'll 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 get what you want. And they're like, well, hopefully we'll get a a peanut butter and banana and honey sandwich from him <laughs> later. <laughs> Listen, man, I I wish I could apply this attitude to the rest of my life, but it, when it comes to flying, especially post nine eleven. I oh, no constantly, doubt, dude. I, I am the most agreeable person in airports, on flights, anything, just because I don't want any trouble. I just want to get to where I need to get to. I hear you, brother. Um, yep. You know, speaking about agreeable, the Robin Trower playlist, very agreeable. Um, very agreeable. Very agreeable and something that I'm sure, look, again. It's, it's agreeable to one's constitution. It's a very agreeable. Your right. constitution will benefit from it. And even if you know what, even if you if you have no idea who Robin Trower is, <laughs> and you don't want to go through all the the play- playlists, just listen to Bridges Size because Bridges Size. That's that, all. Yeah, that yeah. album is just perfection. Like there's not a bad song for me. There's not. I don't. I can't find a bad song on there. It, there's not a blemish. Everything about that, the songs, the lyrics, the, yep. the drumming, the bass playing, everything's good. Uh, and then, you know, you can move on to other stuff there. But that album is pure perfection. And, but more importantly, captures the essence of what I feel. Why Robin Trower is, you know, one of the great rock guitarists, rock musicians uh, of all time for me. Agreed. All right. So that being said, you can uh, let us know how much you th- think about this show. Let us know if we've had a couple of people tell us about episodes they want to do, and we're going to take them on. Uh, and you could do that either by sending us an email at autoreversepod uh, at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook and, or, or, or Instagram and tell us what you want, tell us what you like, tell us what you want us to do. We are your faithful servants, and we shall do it for we shall do it. Uh, lickety split. I was going through like a series of fast things, a fourth width or something, but lickety split. Yeah, but that, but you were you were going through fast things, but that was you were slow on doing it. Right. That's that, that's what's called that's yeah that's <laughs> that's called the push pull. I was doing the I, I was being maybe like inadvertently ironic. Um, <laughs> Fast, right. th- fast thinker, slow talker. Yes, See, yes, absolutely. Uh, well, uh, okay. Or maybe just for this episode. Maybe just for this episode. So. Yeah. All right, man. Until next time. All right, peace. <laughs> <laughs>